Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Doing Thing podcast. As always, I am joined by my loyal dog, Hachi, and my buddy, Jason Madden. How's it going, Jason? Good. I thought you were about to call me a dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I wasn't going to say anything about Hachi, but then he pitter-pattered across the, the, the wood floor in my office. And I'm like, I wonder if people hear that, and I wonder what they think it is. So now you know. That's funny because mine does the same thing. I got a little shih tzu named Ollie, and and he'll tap tap around on the floor. And usually when he's hungry, uh, I'm at a standing desk right now, and so he'll st- he'll sit there right next to my feet and just stare at me. He doesn't grumble, he doesn't growl or anything like that. Occasionally he will when he gets frustrated, but I, I just feel these beady eyes on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know what he's thinking. Food, food, food. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. I love it. So, you know, in um, the last episode we recorded, really getting into the coaching experience that Jason and I are very proud to be a part of. And we thought there'd be benefit to explaining a little bit further the next steps in those conversations. Uh, in our first meeting, as we shared, really digging into career goals from an income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity perspective. But as Jason said correctly in our our last session, we're very intentional about helping people explore self-sufficiency as a potential strategy. And whether that be being more entrepreneurial and in a corporate role that you may have, developing a second revenue stream or perhaps passive investment strategies, or moving into a full-time career change. Um, That's what we begin to put some good data around in the second meeting. You know, it's interesting, our organization keeps statistics in. What we found is 95% of the clients who end up moving forward in something that we learn about together, admittedly do so in a business they either prematurely dismissed or would never have considered on their own. And the reason why is this, at least in my opinion, and I don't wanna pick your brain for yours, Jason. um, We are the aggregate of our life experience and our work experience. And in the job market, the opportunities that you have kind of become a narrowing funnel. Whatever you have experience in, whatever industry you've been in and whatever roles you played, that kind of dictates what doors open for you. Um, but it also can affect your entrepreneurial thinking where you say, all right, I've been a VP of sales forever or a CEO or whatever I've been. Consulting makes sense to me because that aligns with what I've done in the past. The reality is those roles don't apply in the world that we work in. It's really more about transferable skills, which we'll touch on. Secondarily, um, in addition to perceptions we have, like saying, I don't want to be in a restoration business. Um, because it just looks like a lot of work or whatever that may be, those perceptions can change when you really get underneath that industry. But the biggest thing, and I run into this often, maybe you do too, um, the anecdotal stories of my best friend has a painting business and he's doing really, really well, so I want to look at painting businesses. Well, (laughs) okay, we can do that. but what if there are other businesses out there that better align with your work-life balance goals and other things? Um, so what are your thoughts on that, Jason? You know, I, I definitely agree with with every all the items that you said there. And I think it, I think we are an aggregate of our, our experiences and our skills and our talents and things like that. But I also attribute that 95% um, statistic to, you know, clients that are open to possibilities, 
And I, I attribute it to like that education and discovery process, because like you said, sometimes we have misperceptions of, of different things. And, and sometimes our old formula for success doesn't always carry us over into our U2.0, you know, you know, and, and what I mean by that, like I came, I crossed over uh, into business from, from the military and my, my form of communication and the ways that I, you know, conducted myself, were not always, it wasn't necessarily the same way I need to do in business. And I had to kind of adjust a little bit, even though in some cases I could definitely see some parallels to some of the things I did in the military, to some of the things I did today, I still definitely approach them differently. And, and with some of my clients, like you said, with the, uh, the, the, the types that would probably be really great business consultants and they have all that experience and they're actually doing that in their corporate role, they find that after exploring it as a business, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm like going into another role almost the exact same way, but only it's going to be, you know, me just being in a business and it's going to be starting from scratch. I don't want to do that. I want to try to like recreate. <laughs> Now, now that I right. see these opportunities and, and, and all these things that are out there, I'm actually more excited about this role where I can be almost like an executive officer and I can have a team to manage and lead and do things like that. And I don't have to step foot into a corporate office or speak to some, uh, you know, some some big wig. And I don't have to do that anymore. Like, why not? You know, this seems like less stressful and like maybe more fun <laughs> or, or more scalable. Um, but some do, some do that and they, they are charged up by it and they're juiced up by it. But that's just some examples of what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about the second meeting and we use a questionnaire called tell us more about you. And here's the reason why, um, again, getting back to that idea of narrowing funnel thinking, job market thinking, limiting what we might explore and anecdotal and all that other stuff. It can be overwhelming to go out and research um, business opportunities on your own, to learn about funding and resources and models and everything else. Not only can it be under overwhelming, there's only so much information you can get by looking at a website. But again, it's based on your current knowledge and that knowledge in our experience shifts and change, changes. So we go through a number of different steps in the tell us more about you and we just wanted to highlight a few of them for you so all of you can get a sense of why this meeting becomes so valuable to our clients so jason i'm going to roll it over to you i think you're going to talk about questions two three and four yeah so so on this questionnaire um there's what 14 questions on there and, and some of them we talk in, in great detail about, and sometimes sometimes we cover some of that stuff in our original U2.0 conversation. We're able to use this as almost like a reconfirmation. Like, okay, we talked about this this last week or a couple of days ago. Let's let's explore that and how you've answered that in the U2.0. We might see some some different changes and things like that as we're you know as we're bringing our spouse into the mix, as we're bringing a partner into the mix, or considering doing that. So. Actually, one of the questions on here is who else, you know, have you ever thought of partnering with somebody and, and, and there's, there's no right or wrong answer to that. If you have a partnership that, um, you know, that you're considering, why not? Um, you know, let's explore that. Let's explore what that looks like. Oftentimes, you know, that partner is usually a spouse. 
And, and you know, I think um, I think the husband and wife team, the mom and pop setup, I think that's one of the better ways to do things because you have that team member that's always going to support you and is always going to be on board with you, regardless of what the roles are set up as. And it's good to kind of think about that coming in, uh, especially if you're coming in and, and want to, you know, build a big business and you want to be kind of like that empire builder sometimes it's good to you know partner with somebody and do that and start out with multiple units if you have multiple people as founders and partners in that business those multiple units and except like a franchise is better easier to manage you know as a husband and wife team or or as a partnership but also on the um the other side of the coin partnerships could be really rough and, and in, in a lot of cases, partnerships ruin friendships and relationships, regardless of how well that business goes. And so you have to be prepared. And, and you know, some people say that partnerships are leaky ships. And, and I think that's pretty <laughs> accurate, you know, and, and as long as you got a, your bucket of tar and you're, you're finding those leaks and those holes in the boat and you're, you're preemptively plugging them, I think you're, you're on the right track. And you have to have those great conversations with whoever you're considering as a partner to understand what you, how you're going to react to different situations and stress together. Wow. I love that analogy. Leaky ship and bucket of tar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching pirate movies these days. So. <laughs> hey, by the way, what is this? R I E. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> that, that, that's a pirate taking an eye test. <laughs> we digress. We digress. We digress. <laughs> but yeah, so what what are your thoughts on that, Phil? On 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 those partnerships and, and husband wife teams and things like that? Yeah, you know, I think that first of all, um, I always share with my clients that as you're beginning to learn about potential possibilities you should always talk to your spouse and tell them what you're doing. Because it, you know, what you don't wanna do is get all the way through the process, find something you really love, and then have to sit down and say, honey, we need to have a conversation, I wanna do this. You wouldn't buy a house that way, <laughs> right? right. Say, honey, I bought a house. Um, instead, you'd probably go look at that house together, right? So, um, you know, I just encourage them to say, listen, I'm taking steps to learn. That doesn't mean that I'm going to take steps to do. We're always going to talk about it along the way and really see how we both feel about it. But I think learning about options is important. And I think sharing that with your spouse is important. I think thinking about could you bring in a potential partner or not is a good question to ask. And as you go through the learning, you'll see the necessity. So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. And, and, and one, last, one final thing on partnerships it's like sometimes, sometimes people are really uh, eager to do that at the front end because financially it sometimes makes sense. But sometimes they find that they're going to be able to have, you know, when flexibility and lifestyle is is key in in your U two Sometimes a partnership is not the best bet because your your idea of flexibility might be completely different than that potential partner, and, mm. and it might be nice to be able to be the sole decision maker in your business. Yeah, love that. Awesome. So I'll, I'll touch on one more thing on this and then I'll pass it over to you. But I like to explore your ideal location or, or better said, your working environment. 
So most people today, they say they want to work from home. They, they want to be virtual. They want to have an office space that they have the choice to be able to be in or out uh, depending on the day so that they continue to have that flexibility. And oftentimes they say they don't want to do something that's retail. They don't want to do something that's brick and mortar and things like that. And that's okay. There's no right or wrong answer here, but let's explore that a little bit. Do you think that you can work from home when you have a brick and mortar business? If you, I think the answer is a lot of people say no, and they think that they have to actually be at that location and, you know, slinging slinging goods or whatever, you know, products and services on site. But that's not necessarily the case. I'm going to take my hat off right here and I tell you I own salons <laughs> that <laughs> don't require me to have hair or actually even be there. I don't cut hair. And so being the owner's presence in most brick and mortar type businesses is actually a distraction. And you're probably better serving that business by being home and, and, and focusing on the operations and the business development side. And maybe you're going out there and if you enjoy having conversations within the community and networking, that's actually a really great situation because you could talk all day long about this cool business and drive sales to it and drive people to come visit you and things like that. Um, and you, all you have to really do is spot check or all you really should do is spot check, make sure, you know, scheduling is being conducted appropriately by the manager and things like that. But you can still grow a really great business from home and have brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and, and sometimes it's the, um, the other, the other logic of not having brick and mortar is it's hard to hire and, and leases are expensive, all very true. All very true, but if your goal is to actually expand and scale and, and turn your business into something with some residual income, sometimes that's the right vehicle for that, depending on where you're at. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. So yeah, having that meaningful um, uh, inspection into the thinking, you know, and again, always thinking, what are you trying to accomplish long-term? And that that's a productive conversation to have. And, you know, um, also looking at skill sets, that's something else we spend some time on in this conversation. Because again, job market thinking tells us what we've done in the past is what we can do in the future. The reality is there are competencies within that. There are soft skills and tactical skills within everything that we've done that can apply across a myriad of industries. And it's not just important to know what you can do, it's important to know what you really love doing, right? <laughs> so yeah. Can I do accounting? Sure, I can definitely, and I can build spreadsheets. I freaking hate doing both of those things. Just really, <laughs> well, they come with the territory, so I do what I have to do. I mean, I've been a senior VP, so certainly, you know, I had to do my share of P&Ls and things like that, but I don't love it. So if somebody checks off that skill, I might, you know, ask them the question, you can do these things, but what do you really enjoy doing most? Because Absolutely. entrepreneurship should give us an opportunity for income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity. And we ought to be able to wake up happy doing what we're doing because it's fulfilling a need that we weren't having fulfilled prior to. Um, so that's why we go through skill sets. And it helps us look at industries, again, that our clients may not think about, but all of those skill sets that they have apply very, very well. Uh, into potentially a new industry. And how exciting is that to just shift gears and go into something brand new? Um, yeah. The other thing that I like to spend some time on, and, and again, there's 14 questions. We're only touching on a few of them. Um, but looking at 
asking our folks to kind of reflect by using a meter and asking questions, do you feel more confident that there are options for you outside the traditional job market? Strongly disagree, disagree, unsure, agree, or strongly agree. I'm excited about exploring self-sufficiency self through business ownership. Where do you rank against that? And I'll want to understand their thinking. And so many times when people say, I'm unsure to questions like this, I'll ask them the question and they'll answer saying, I just don't know what I don't know. And I'll say that's awesome because the idea of our work together is we're going to start to bridge that educational gap together. And as we do, let's keep a check on these meters and let's see how they shift and change for you. And if you move from unsure to strongly agree, let's talk about why, what resonated, what needs were being met. Conversely, if you're excited about exploring entrepreneurship and the needle starts moving away from that excitement, it could be that our strategy was wrong. It could be that our industries uh, that we selected might need to be modified, or it could simply be that I've gone through the thought exercise and realized this is probably not the right path. And I respect that if that's the case, but it could be other factors. So let's keep an eye on these meters and let's revisit them from time to time and check your pulse and see how you're doing against them. That makes perfect sense. And it keeps it keeps both parties in alignment with the, the overall goals of, of, of this whole exploration process and the whole experience. And, and, and so that way we can be very honest with each other where we're at, where we stand. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, what commonly happens is there are um, factual concerns and then there are sometimes emotional concerns or fear-based concerns. And all of them are equally important. What we want to make sure to understand is, are you putting potentially um, editable information in the way of accomplishing a goal or a dream? Right. I don't want to say that you're right or wrong in your thinking, but have you has a fear risen inside of you that is preventing you to do something that's actually really good for you? Let's talk about it and make sure that what you're feeling is validated and correct. Factually, the information you gather, right, as you're looking at financial performance and demographics and things like that, let's make sure you're interpreting them correctly. And if you are and you feel like a business isn't viable, then absolutely, I'm going to congratulate you for, you know, having reached that clarity. But so many times it's not the case. And when you ask a question like, well, if you found out that weren't the case, would it make a difference? Absolutely it would. Well, let's dig further. Yeah, because we might have some preconceived notions in our mind. And, you know, just like we said at the very beginning, you know, we might be thinking about something differently than what that, the reality is. Um, that, that's very insightful. I, I learned something about that one today. That was awesome. <laughs> cool. And then, you know, the other things we get into, and we're not going to spend much time, we have an inventory of uh, industries that clients may be interested in learning about. And we challenge them to think beyond their current experience to ones they're just curious about potentially learning. Um, and we also get into, and this is probably as important as anything else, in meeting one, we've talked about lifestyle, work-life balance, you know, long-term goals. But now we start to quantify that to say, financially, what do you need to see from a business in year one? Where would you like to see the growth 
capability of that business into the future, and then starting to explore different resources that can be learned about together, right? Yeah. How do you support that? You know, and, and how, how do you how do you resource it? So, yeah, that's where we get an opportunity to kind of uh, uncover some some different resources that are out there that could be available to you that you might not have thought about. And there's a lot of different things. And I think um, that's another opportunity to have another episode on on business financing because we've done one a couple of years ago, but there's some new things out there and some new updates in the world on, on how we can resource and finance our businesses. 100%. And I'm just going to plant the seed towards that because I think we should. I think we can all agree, listeners included, that there is some market volatility. There are some exceptional impingements on the market, be it the Ukraine war, the energy situation, the supply chain complexities, um, on and on, right, inflation. And these things are having an effect on our portfolios. And the question becomes, can we shift those monies towards something that will perform better for us? And if so, how do we do that? And that's really what we'll talk about in the next session. I agree with that. I agree. And and this is some things that are hitting close to home, even on my side, because my wife and I, we we're we're, we're invested in, in, in those things. We have 401ks, IRAs, thrift savings plans and things like that. And if you're like and we're like everybody else, we we took uh, we took a little bit of hit on those in the last couple of months uh, over the last year, actually. So how do we shelter that? How sh what how should we restructure some of those things? And you know, and, and we're thinking putting some things back into the businesses and, and, and growing something that's an active investment that we have a little bit more control over. Yeah, love that. So that, folks, is going to be our next session. And we're not only going to cover the uh, resources available, but also the strategy and thinking behind how to utilize those best to accomplish what you need to and protect yourself financially along the way. Absolutely, my friend. Man, wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for the idea and bringing this up. And, and to the audience, I hope you learned something from this. I hope this is useful to you. And we will see you all next time. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day, buddy.